marketing friends, Misty here. Thanks for checking out this very special season of Marketing Sweats. This year marks Samantha's 40th year in business. So to celebrate, we're inviting Samantalites on the podcast to share stories about a project they've worked on that made them proud. We're calling it Point of Pride. In this episode, I'm talking with Megan Gibbons. She's a senior project planner here at Samantle and has also chosen to take on the responsibility of co-chairing our employee-led DEI committee. I'm so proud of Megan and all Samantalites for the work they've put into driving intentional change and facilitating a more inclusive environment at Samantle and beyond. Have a listen to hear more about how we're meeting this challenge head on. Okay, I would love to welcome Megan Gibbons onto the show. Thank you for being here and submitting your point of pride. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so honored to get to do it. Absolutely. So Megan is a senior project planner at Samail, and she and I get to work together quite a bit. We help lead the country financial account, and Megan oversees all of that work internally, pushing the work through the agency, adding resources, subtracting resources, writing scopes. You have a big job. Thank you. I mean, I enjoy it. It's uh, it's fun when you get to work with cool people doing it. So. Yeah. And that team functions a little bit different than the rest of the agency. So you've learned a lot in that. Megan is somebody who I admire in the sense that she has a lot of leadership ability. She knows how to command a room. She knows how to teach, which is another love of mine. We're going to talk about all of that today. But Megan, I want to start giving everybody a little context about sort of your background, how you came out of school, the many different jobs that you held, and like some of the sort of leadership lessons you learned before you even found Samantha. Sure. So um, in undergrad, I wanted to go in and I thought I was going to be a corporate lawyer because I love to talk and I love to be in front of the room. (laughs) As we found out, I interned at a whole bunch of different law firms and just none of it really hit home. It was way too scripted and and it didn't feel as authentic to me. And so instead, I decided to get my certificate in entrepreneurship, which led me to when I graduated, I really wanted to work in a small business. So I came back to the Peoria area where I was born and raised and kind of a heart for it. And I worked for, at the time, it was called Morton Reynolds. It's a local um, event rental company, and they were trying to expand from Morton, a suburb of Peoria, if you will, uh, into the Peoria area. And I got to facilitate that growth and uh, what would the new pricing structure look like? What would the new building be? What was that layout? I mean, we we bought American Rentals, so it was taking in both a mergers and acquisitions uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. And and it was really fun, and it was so cool. And in small business like that, you get to not only make those types of decisions, but you also get to clean the dishes. Sure. <laughs> Wear lots uh, of hats. I yeah, get it. Yeah. And it was, I loved it. And I got to be in leadership very early. So at like 22, 23 years old, I'm making decisions that are, someone's life is invested in sure. and their entire income and, and family is riding on this. And that was a lot of, a lot of pressure. And I loved it, but it was one of those like, there's so much more to learn and I want to learn it faster. I can't yes. get 10 years of experience right away. So what if I put 10 years of experience into two years at getting an MBA? So yeah. I went back to get my MBA at Bradley then. Um, I had the honor of being a graduate assistant, so I got to help teach on the other side of the classroom. And what I enjoyed about that was um, I'd always been an academic person, but then I got to be like, I get to see the aha moments in everybody else. Not sure. only am I getting it, but I'm getting to see that. And so I got to do that and really enjoyed it, but that was only kind of a part-time gig and I wasn't getting paid for it. So I was like, well, I'm going to round this out with a whole bunch of other ways to supplement my income. Right. So I worked at night at um, One World here on Main Street, which I still love. Everybody loves One World. Yes. I mean, it's something (laughs) to say when you work there and you still go back and eat there. Totally. So I worked there at night. On the weekends, I worked at Banana Republic. On the Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I worked as an intern for Komatsu and their product marketing for their mining trucks, which are actually built here in Peoria. So that was pretty cool. 
when I graduated, I found Samantha because a friend of mine um, from high school, um, Mackenzie Noon, now Mackenzie David, I had to get used to that, reached out and said, hey, I think this would be a perfect match for you um, and really aligned with the experience I had been gaining through Komatsu and then also the small business yeah. experience of getting to market, okay, who are we and what's sure. our value? Sure. Well, thanks for walking us through that. And I, as you were talking, I was thinking um, when you interviewed at Samantha, I remember people saying, Megan has so much in common with you, Misty. But I think it's because we both had gotten our MBA, right? We both worked in mining. That's where I started my career. So, you know, very similar story. I, it's clear you have a very strong work ethic and you care a lot to be able to juggle all of those things. Talk a little bit about your teaching work, though. When you were getting your MBA and you did the graduate assistant work, what were you teaching then? And what are you still teaching now at Bradley? I had the best part of, I don't even know how I got so lucky when they assigned to what teachers and classes I got to work with, um, but I got to work in business 100. So it was the very, it was the big classroom, um, one of the few at Bradley that has, you know, over 200 students and intro to business and trying to get like, okay, why care about this? Why sure. is this important? And then I also got to work with uh, the intro to management and leadership. So okay. the other big classroom, Nice. but it kind of gave me the heart to, you're working with these 18 year old, 19 year old students who have no idea what they care about yet in the world right. and then you kind of get to share this is the cool thing i love and right. i'm sharing it in this classroom and i got to work with two different professors who were very energetic in the classroom and shared like i know this is a 100 level but like i'm going to get you to care about this They're like you might have to take this but you're going <laughs> to love it at the end of this that's great that's yeah. awesome so when mackenzie recruited you over to samantle talk a little bit about your interview experience and maybe some of your first project what was your sort of impression of this new job in this crazy company I have joked about my interview experience so many times. <laughs> you know what? Everybody does. I don't know what we do here, but everybody has like the craziest interview stories. What was yours? Uh, well, I came in and I had uh, Lori and Carly, who are probably the like the most welcoming and comforting. I mean, I think they wanted to make me feel happy like the whole time, like and whether I got the job or not. And so that was just like, oh, this is so sweet. Everyone is so nice. And then um, my follow-up interview, I came in and I think there's supposed to be more people. but Was I in it? You were, you were supposed to be, but you, you got pulled away for some reason, and that was okay. But then I, I was in there with just Tim. Oh, wow. And I was so intimidated by Tim to begin with because he's, he's so straightforward, sure. and he's uh, kind of dry humor, and I was like, I can't read this guy. And after, you know, having Lori and Carly who are overwhelmingly emotional yeah. and happy, and it was like, whoa. But that went well, and then I got to come back and do, do a project. And I sat in those orange chairs that we have in the workshop <laughs> where you sit back and it looks like you're in Austin Powers yeah. around that big table. And I was like, I don't know how to be professional in this yes. environment. Right. But no, it was... Um, it, I got to see a lot of different sides of it because Jillian helped do that interview because she had just moved into HR kind of and, yeah. and been a project cleaner. And she's like, your little project was so fun and it was color coded. It made me so happy. And I was like, uh, these are my people. Yes. Very organized. That's yeah. for sure. So what, what were you assigned to first? I don't know if they were just trying to convince me it was a good idea and playing into my strengths or it was it was really the situation. But I got the everybody who's not cat. Uh, okay. Clients. Yeah. And they said, like, you do so many things. We're afraid you'll get bored. Right. We'll give you all the everything else. So you get to work right. on 12 different clients as opposed to having one kind of client. And I was like, yes, that sounds perfect. I had some small cat accounts. Um, but then I got to work with OSF, uh, RLI, UECOMP. We had Country Financial at the time. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember now. Some of them. Oh, we had LG Seeds. Yeah. So a good span of different types of products, which kept me really interested in playing the game of okay, this client likes it this way, and this one likes that way. Okay, we need to re report that way, and 
I got to shift around and play with it. It was fun. I bet that was such a great learning experience. I think there's benefits of working on something really big and heavy. We have the benefit, as many know, of working with construction industries, largest division of Caterpillar, also all of Cat's product support. So we sort of organize our organization into those two big teams. But then we have this other team that handles all the other amazing clients. And so Megan, learning from that, I'm sure you learned how to juggle, right? How to shift gears a lot, how to work with many different personalities. Like, how did that all inform your understanding of how to get stuff done around here? Well, it did kind of expedite everything, right? There wasn't one kind of client doing one type of work. So I got to touch uh, media plans and motion media work and MA uh, campaigns, everything. There wasn't a department at Samantha I didn't get to touch because every client had a different goal or different purpose or something they'd like to do more than another thing. And so it expedited that and kind of a trial by fire, drinking from the fire hose <laughs> sure. kind of thing that everyone kept telling me like, it's okay, like six months, you'll figure it out. Yes. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm hold on to that. <laughs> But it was really fun because you were learning something new every day and something that's something I told Mike, who was the account planner at the time that I get to partner with, that it was so invigorating to come into work every day and feel like I was learning something. I kind of started to figure out everything everywhere else I was at and whether they intended for it or not, getting to work on a bunch of different things did keep me from being bored. And to this day, it's... I've never found that I'm the smartest person in the room and I'm still learning things from somebody else in every department every single day. (laughs) That's why I still love working here and being able to cross industries like you were able to. I'm sure you were able to take insights from one to another and sort of build on that. So good for you. And thank you for the work you're doing today with Country Financial. That's one of our biggest teams and accounts and you're sort of at the helm driving it, girl. Yeah. And so it was one of those like, hey, we're going to give you all these accounts. You're not bored. But now one day I work on one account. <laughs> and But what's so great about working in country financial is so much they are doing yes. in a lot of different places. And there's so much more opportunity there. And for their hopes and their dreams and the goals and um, what they envision the brand being, that it doesn't feel boring at all. And because we've been able to build that relationship, there's still multiple clients within the company I get to work with. Absolutely. And get to navigate those different working styles and relationships. So it's still really invigorating and trying to figure out how to be the best project planner for that client is is still part of my day-to-day job. Yeah, well, I'll give you a lot of kudos. You both have the hard skill of the data entry and putting the numbers in, but you also have the people skill. You love to facilitate meetings. And then I would even say you'll go out in the field if you have to. You're still that girl that's going to go work at tailgates and tall boys in 90 degree weather. So you have to be, right? Yeah, no. And that was, it was a throwback to the event rental days where I was like, oh, I get to be back in the field again. And then yeah. after three days of 96 degree <laughs> that felt like 106 is like okay this is why I went into an office got exactly. it exactly <laughs> All right. Well, let's switch gears. I want to hear about your point of pride. So Megan is the co-chair of our diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. And so she wrote her story about that work, not so much um, some of the work we do for clients. And I have to say, even before we get started, I am so proud of this committee because they went through a lot of struggles to get it off the ground. They had to work with Tim as a leader, and then they had to work with Misty as a leader, and they were trying to get their feet under them. And I think in the past year, we've really started to pull away and let you guys run your stuff. And we have seen you do a amazing things. So start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved and kind of some of your early experiences on the committee. In June of 2020, an all-employee meeting um, after some world events that I've grown, truly felt that, okay, I can no longer be a passive bystander, bystander yeah. to this anymore, that um, Samantha announced that we're going to have an internal DEI committee or diversity, equity, inclusion committee. And it was immediately like, like kept my arm from like shooting up in the meeting. It was like, okay, email Jillian right now, tell her I want to do the thing. Right. It took until about September uh, for us to kind of get our 
everything in order to have that very first meeting. And it was, okay, well, we can't just be a committee that sits around and talks about these things if we're going to actually elicit change. We have to kind of have rules and structures and how do we report out what uh, baseline do we need to know to even know where to start? Where are our gaps? We all love the people here, and so it's, we can sometimes be blinded like, well, if we all love the people, then there's nothing wrong with the people. And right. so it's like, okay, but there are blind spots that are coming to light, and how do we find those, and what's the path that we do that? And so we got to start that in September. And then in 2021, after we kind of signed up, figured out in Q4 of that year, okay, this is how many people are going to be on here. This is our reporting structure. This is how we're going to align with leadership and ownership and their goals for the company. We were like, okay, we're going to go for it in, in 2021. And it was like, whoa, if we try to do all of these things, uh, we can't do any of them that well. We only have so many people. We have so many resources, uh, so much time, and we all have jobs outside of just this committee too. So how do we balance that? Yeah. And so we spent more of 2021 actually working with a local consultant, Joshua Gunn, about identifying what were those gaps. We did a survey through Gallup that had, okay, there's the baselines. It got a little bit more, not what we think the agency needs, especially because if we're not already diverse, then we're all going to think the same thing anyway. Right. So we needed that outside perspective and baseline to, to bring that in. And then um, it really set us up for now here in 2022. It's just skyrocketed. We had actually just yesterday, which is perfect timing, our 2023 planning where we were just like, okay, this time we're just going to think as if everything's possible. No feasibility issues. We have all the resources in the world. What would we do in 2023? And then next month, we're going to take a feasibility lens to that That's and then awesome. prioritization. And so, oh, but it was so exciting. Yeah. And just seeing the, a group of people who in 2020 were like, these meetings are painful because yes. nobody wants to talk about exactly. these things and pulling, kind of pulling teeth yeah. to now like, the meetings run over. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at now. And we've got lots of ideas, but. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the early successes. Mm-hmm. So when you guys first kicked off, I know one of your major initiatives was a scholarship program, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Samino's always been ingrained in our community. And so part of our DEI focus is, is making sure that we have a hand in that. And we wanted to partner with our local community college, ICC, Illinois Central College, to help students who belong in the BIPOC community to help make their success route easier. And so Samantha, we partnered with uh, our ownership and leadership to create a scholarship, which then was built into an endowment, which was extra exciting for us, which means it goes on perpetuity, that we then get to give that scholarship out every year to a student who will be working in anything adjacent to marketing. Um, I mean, I had a business degree. You know, we have designers, we have motion media, we have copywriters from all backgrounds. So if this is something they care about or they could even be interested in this, uh, we wanted to be able to help fund that type of growth in our local community. That's awesome. And so the recipient for the first two years, actually, he applied again, right? And he won it and he came and visited Samantha? He did. He did. We were so excited. We were all like, we want to meet him. We want to talk to him. And I think we're like, oh, there's 20 of us who would all just love to bombard (laughs) this this poor student. And so, but yes, he did agree to come on site. He had a whole hack day tour. He got a job shadow with different departments and I get a feel for what he could study and what that may look like on the other side, what sounded interesting, what was like a big no, that's not mine. And so that was really cool to get to share that with a yeah. the 19, 20 year old who, who saw the world as his oyster. That's awesome. Very exciting. 
Well, and you mentioned also Joshua Gunn, bringing him on board as a consultant and as a leader of an agency. Obviously, I network with a lot of other leaders of agencies and finding a way to get out of the gate well on this kind of work is hard. We mentioned that. And I think what Joshua brought to the table, I'd love your take, Megan, is just a better understanding, like you mentioned, of what those gaps were. So we knew we had some quantitative factors to consider, right, in terms of just how many diverse equity inclusion people we have and that sort of thing. But we also needed to impact our culture. He talked about how we needed to really decide what we stand for and what we stand against and just make it so much a part of our day to day that it wasn't awkward to talk about anymore. What do you remember most from that work and kind of how did the committee drive it forward? So I think one of the biggest things he gave our committee was a shared language for what does diversity mean? What does inclusion mean? And what does equity mean? I think we all came in with a different idea of what that was supposed to be and what that could look like. And he was able to shape that into, here's the get us all on the same common ground. Because once we all understand that, we can all start moving the ship in the same direction. Sure. And uh, so he identified that for us, but then there was also the, he was new to the area, okay. right? He came from um, Durham. Durham. Yeah. And so he was able to provide this outside perspective as opposed to all of us who've lived and breathed here in Peoria and had this um, local view of things. And so he brought in that gap analysis, like, okay, just because you grew up with this perspective or didn't even think about this fact, here's a whole new blind side that we right. didn't have before and a lens we could uh, take to the work that we were doing next. And then he also got to um, dig in to be like, okay, some of the diversity, equity, inclusion factors that we're trying to move the mountains on aren't visual. Really brought up the components of diversity, equity, inclusion that weren't easy to identify. Sure. And then kind of set us up with a little bit of tools for, okay, how do we... How do I identify those and help move mountains on those? I love that. And I do remember an exercise he actually facilitated with our executive team, which I've shared with you, where he did sort of an identity wheel and helped us all understand the ways that we see ourselves. And that was really enlightening. To your point, this is a pretty wide ranging issue that we want everybody at Samantle to feel like they can show up as their whole selves, right? But we had to sort of understand those concepts first. Right. Yeah. Cool. I want to talk about, too, then after that work, how you guys have evolved the committee. One of the things I asked you to pull forward, and you actually have it in your point of pride here, is that you guys developed a little bit of a vision statement that I really, really love. I was hoping you could read it to us. Yeah, so um, this past year, we built our vision statement. Our goal is to facilitate an environment that recognizes each person's inherent value as a human, to champion fairness and equity in all dimensions of work and life, and to encourage inclusive conversations which bridge our differences. I love that. Do you feel like you're living that out now with the committee? Yes. I mean, there's you make two steps forward and you're suddenly like, oh, there's 10 more. Sure. Um, so, but we are definitely moving there. And within our committee specifically, I've seen crazy progress in how we all feel that we can bring ourselves forward um, as whole humans. We're advocating for both our work experience here and then how does that reflect in our lives back at home and then being able to bring our personal passions into work. So yes, no, I absolutely see this living out. Nice. Well, and you also mentioned that one of the more recent initiatives is this idea of building more inclusive and equitable pools and pathways. And that was new language for me, but I started to recognize that we weren't going to get a diverse pool of candidates if we weren't looking in diverse places, right? And even the recruitment strategies that we use in our job postings and the interview questions. So can you share a little bit more about that body of work? 
Sure. So uh, thankfully, we have a really great partnership with our human resources department, who has been not only like exciting about this, but um, has given us the tools that we need to, to partner with them to make these things happen. But yes, so we've been working with them and partnering. Okay, where do we recruit? Where do our job postings show up? What language is written in there? Because some of that already feels disclusionary. Right. What type of interview process do we go through? Who do you get to talk to? Who gets to have that differing perspectives on your take and your per, uh, what you contributed in that interview? We changed out our careers page so that when you have a, a better view of who we are as a whole now yeah. and some of our diversity, equity, inclusion efforts, it's not just about our work. It's about our people and like your, your long-term path. And so there's a, that's the, the recruitment portion, making sure we get a pool of people that it reflects the reality we want to see in, say, five, ten years from now. Um, but the pathways is that not only when you get here, like, okay, we promised you this bill of goods, right. that you are able to experience it, that every day, live that out so that then you're here for the long run or you get to bring yourself fully to the table to do the job that you are so excited to say yes to. I love that. What are some of the other subcommittees? Because like you said, there's it, initially there was so much to do, but now it feels like you've started to organize that into some work streams and have different volunteers on different things. Yes. So we have our, as we mentioned, our community engagement, which was our 40-ish acts of service. And so we got to partner with uh, the rest of the agency to, okay, what what is it that you're doing in the community that you care about? Um, and we start kind of recording those hours and who's doing what where and how can we help contribute to that. Um, it kind of came a competition of sorts. And then that committee also supplies each month a different way to volunteer or donate for those who don't always have the time or availability to seek those out on their own. Um, if we facilitate it during work hours, it makes it very easy for you to get to go do that. Right. Um, so we have a subcommittee doing that. And then we have our internal education committee, which is doing our Dying with DEI lunch today, actually. So so excited. Yep, excited for that one. Um, and then what they'll be doing in 2023 is uh, how do we continue to keep educating our, our entire company, right. where um, my co-chair and I have been growing our growth internally on the committee. They get to share that with the rest of the agency. Right. So what's the cadence of that look like? Who gets brought in? Who gets to talk about things? What type of education are we going to be doing? And then our third one um, is called our communications committee. So how do we share this purpose and goals with the outside world? Like I said, with the pools and pathways that we're trying to build up, we want to make sure that once those uh, commitments are out in the world, we have to stick to them. Yeah. So one that they are visible to everyone and it holds us to a standard that we didn't just talk about this and then kind of let it slide off. We're, we're putting it out there and making sure we live by it. So That's so great. Well, and I love that you're making communication such a big part of this. So it's not just the committee that's engaged, but the whole agency. And I've had a few experiences even more recently where somebody will use some language that maybe isn't as appropriate and somebody on the committee will call them out on it. And it's awesome, you know, because it creates this really healthy dialogue and it feels like, oh, we don't have to be concerned or awkward about their language. We just have to be aware of it and learn from each other. Is that part of what you guys talk about? Yes. And for those of you who can't see me, I just fist pumped because I was so happy that, that someone did that. One of our goals for 2023 is to actually put more tools in the hands of our employees to um, navigate those conversations. Nice. Um, and then also to an extent, there'll be, okay, what if we have to do have, have that conversation with a client that's right. much, even weirder and more awkward. Oh so, my gosh, yes. I know. So we're going to be working through, okay, what type of um, education do we need to then be able to educate the rest of the, the agency yeah. on how to navigate those those moments? Yeah. This is so much work for you. And I want to acknowledge that like this is kind of a part time job on top of your day job. But I know you love it. And I know even you considered pulling back from the chair position because didn't you have a baby somewhere along the way in here? I did have a baby. Yeah, my little Miss Ava Yeah. And you were like, oh, can I really go on maternity and then come back and still do this? 
I wanted the committee to make sure that they didn't feel like they were left hanging while I was gone. And thankfully they, everyone was cool with it. They're like, no, we want you to keep doing it. So stick around. And, and so I was able to keep coming back. Now we do have term limits um, that we set as part of our initial setup. So there will be an end of uh, my co-chair, but there will not be an end of me being a part of it. I can promise you that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, say a little bit more just about why this is your point of pride. You gave us a lot of details about what the committee is doing, but obviously this has given you a different kind of learning experience and a different kind of growth and the, the work you do in their day job. Just say more about why you love it so much. So when challenged with the point of pride about where I work, why I work here, what keeps me working here, there really wasn't any question about any of those things anyway, but to look at it was, Samantha didn't have to do this. And my love language is acts of service. I'm a two, I always wanna do things for other people. And so the fact that Samantha was not mandated to do this, no one required this type of reporting, and they decided to do it anyway, right? because we care about our people that much, right. that was my point of pride. That is, I get to work somewhere that puts this forward, puts the resources behind it. Kudos to you and Tim for allowing us to do everything that we do without any of the red tape. Um, we get to run things by and kind of say, keep going. We're given the resources and the time to be successful here, and, and that makes me proud every day that I get to work and support that. Oh, that's so awesome. And you're right. Like, I feel like as we've learned and grown together in this space, now we just get an email from you guys to say, hey, here's our next ideas. Can we do it? And most of the time we're like, yes. And so it's awesome to have a, a cross-functional team working on that. Also working with our operations team who gets to be a part of a lot of the events you guys plan and conversations, thanks to them. But Megan, we couldn't have done this without you. I mean, truly, your continued longevity and leadership on this, the history you bring to the table. I'll be sad to see you step down from the chair position. I love seeing you in front of the staff at all employee meetings sending this message. Oh, thank you. Oh, and I'm going to be sad. I, they are, trust me, the committee already knows I'm going to have a really hard time sitting quietly in the corner sure. or any of this. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I can't always make all the committee meetings, but I see a lot of the team's chats. And it, you're right. People are so passionate about this. You guys even do polls to make sure everybody has a voice. I mean, you're practicing what you preach, even in the way you run the meetings. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So awesome skills being put to use. Unless you have anything else to add on the point of pride... I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about you and kind of where we're going next and your role at Samantha. So this work, I feel like has dovetailed you to think about a lot of different areas of the business that you could eventually support. You have a lot of different passions. Talk about where you see, see yourself going at Symantle and kind of what you see on the horizon over the next 12 to 18 months for your role. Big question. I know. Big question. So I think through this, like I mentioned, some of the personal convictions have been given not like a platform and a little bit of fire under them. Getting to help others be more engaged in their job, to understand their role here. How can they best contribute with their powers that they have within? Sure. Um, sometimes I get to do that through the diversity, equity, and inclusion lens, and sometimes I get to do that just by setting them up for success as a project planner. Sure. And so it's, I want to be looking at how can I keep that momentum moving forward with new challenges that maybe cross some of those lines again. So how do I find the strengths of each of our teams right. and help pull those together through my ability to build processes yes. that work well as a project planner, but also the heart of like the people who have to engage in those processes. I love so, that. 
Well, Megan sits in an area of our company we call service delivery. Is that what we call it? <laughs> and that's where all of our project planners live. But we also have our organizational design discipline there where when she talks about processes, that's obviously a huge part of that role. And then as we've talked extensively throughout the interview, she's just a really good trainer and teacher and sort of that's her love language and she can help people. So we definitely want to support you on that journey. I think our last question is typically kind of like, what advice do you have for other Sananalites, somebody who's maybe brand new here? What have you learned in your three plus years that's made you successful that you'd pass on to somebody else? I think we say this in the first couple months, but it's never be afraid to ask a question. Right. We have so much to learn from everyone here. We've been incredibly skilled and kudos to our hiring departments and agencies and, and leaders here that we've been able to pull in such strong, talented and amazing people. So ask those questions and use the learning opportunity that it is and have a kind of student's mindset to everything that you get to do in each new project the client gives you. I love that. Are you still asking questions every day? Oh, way more than I think. <laughs> probably 10,000 at least. Yeah. What advice would you have for ownership? Well, one, keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) The DEI committee has been incredible for it. Um, We appreciate it. To never lose the sight that every decision you guys get to make is impacting people at the bottom level that you probably don't even line of sight to. You're changing lives. And um, I guess that's not really insight. It's just more like a, hey, thank you for making the right decisions that impact us down down the line a couple of ways. It's, it's changing our world. I love that thought, Megan, because as we grow and now we're 130 plus people in 20 states, it's very hard sometimes to see the front line. So it's um, something we're going to be working on. It's those feedback loops. I think we try to be very transparent with our communication cascades, but we need to work harder in the other direction. And I see you as somebody who can facilitate that very well. Somebody who can walk in our office and say, hey, this thing is happening. You guys should know about it. So we appreciate you for that. And we appreciate you for just all the leadership you've provided in all the different dimensions of your role. Thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing your point of pride. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Megan, and the entire DEI committee for all that you've already accomplished and your plans for the future to help educate your fellow Samanalites, facilitate conversations, and coordinate our commitment to the DEI needs in our local community. I and the rest of the leadership team feel it's so important to empower our employees to lead these efforts to make real and impactful improvements. The work will never be done, but we couldn't be prouder, and we'll continue to support our employees as they work to create the culture they wish to see. To hear more Samantha Point of Pride stories, go to marketingsweats.com or wherever you get your podcasts and check out the rest of the episodes in our very special season six. You can hear more from Megan about her Point of Pride by visiting the 40-ish anniversary page on samantha.com. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.